Hey guys, welcome back to Landon Live. This was an interview I did with my good friend Joe Gandelman. He's a comic ventriloquist that performs for families and corporate events all around and even outside of the San Diego area. We talked about COVID, how it affected entertainers and shows, and much more on this episode of Landon Live. Well, uh, I, I wanted to do this live with you to talk about uh, COVID shows, and I was I was going back and I'm putting all my Landon Lives on um, Stitcher and and all the all the podcast places uh-huh, sure. right now. And uh, yours was the first that I started with, oh, so I wow. thought it would be kind of fun to. Uh, <laughs> and you know what's weird is I'm like, wow, it looks so different, and then, and then it was like a year ago that I started this. Um, it's weird to feel like we've been in this. This feels like a post-apocalyptic time. It's just weird. Yeah. Now you may know. I got to tell you one thing. I don't know what it is about when I sit here, but the, it gets really bright. So I've turned off. Um, um, I have these side lights, but if it really gets dark in here, I'm gonna have to use those, which will make me a lot brighter than I am. Yeah, it feels. It's amazing. It's only a year, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's amazing to think of. Um, uh, uh, all the stuff that's been going on in just the past year, and and what the what the future holds. I was like, I hope, I hope. Uh, I hope this summer is not going to be, you know, a pandemic summer because I'd, I'd hate to see what that's like. And then I was like, wait a minute, that was that was last summer. We figured out what that would be <laughs> losing like. track of my months are bad enough now. Losing track of my years. So um, what what have what has shows been like for you? Because after COVID hit, has it? Are you are we recording it now? Are yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry. Hi, my name is Joe Gandolin. Actually, after COVID, um, my shows were booked pretty heavily through March. And a whole mm-hmm. summer booked at libraries and um, some schools booked. And it was a big San Diego's oldest country club, biggest and oldest, big, yeah, biggest and only oldest yacht club booked me for a special show. And I was really, this is going to be a good summer. But then March, was it March 13th or 14th when everything came down, everything canceled? I worked for this group that books me in libraries. They canceled all the library shows unless you had a recorded show, which I didn't yeah. have at that time. And, um, so I wound up doing something for a camp based in Florida that really wasn't a lot of money, but I like the idea of experimenting with the Zoom shows, which I absolutely love because I can see the people's names yeah. and I can I can sit I can say, what about that so and so? Or turn the mic on, have them if there's kids or adults, have it open, hear them laugh. So mm-hmm. I love interacting on Zoom. It was a lot of fun. And they they did uh, they had me down for two shows a week and again the money was very negligible but I liked what they were doing I liked their their game plan and this company also had been doing party supplies and their business wiped out by the by uh, COVID or pretty much stalled so what they did was they created this thing trying to create a with a real educational and business plan a, a summer camp with a limited number of people that participated so that was great and I did I did some live shows for some. Being Jewish, I'm Jewish. For some Orthodox Jewish groups in LA, which didn't use masks, I was a little worried about that. Mm. And then later, they started to go into masks, and um, um, which thank God. And but I did a lot of those shows. I did some birthday parties. Uh, I did a, uh, an adult show. So I was I was doing spotty shows in and out. Um, but largely, most shows ended as of December. Right. And of course, the whole Christmas season was was done. There's one client I've been doing shows for about 25 years in San Diego. And um, I, I walk over and say, by the way, my, my son who just had two kids said he remembers your show and loves your show. <laughs> and, wow, um, that is crazy. And I have some real clients that use me every time. And, of course, they mm-hmm. all canceled. So what I'm doing now is I feel things are opening up un- 
are I'm, I have good intuition. I feel things are getting ready to slowly slowly open up. So I actually have yeah, I actually have my a new postcard, which is my virtual shows postcard. Here we'll yeah. make you uh, we'll make you full screen show. here. See it now? Okay. Yeah, we can see it. Fantastic. And, I and love I'm that. Not, and I'm not sending out to my full database, which is huge, but I'm sending it out. I got 500 printed, and I'm going to start with saying it's Jewish groups, youth groups, and just some, slowly go down on mailing this postcard and see if I get some response to it. So now, I, this, I is very, opening. this is a very interesting thing, Joe, because where does it where does it rest? Is it the performer's duty to make the audience feel that it's okay for him to be there and okay for these gatherings to well, occur. You said that things are kind of letting up. Where does it, and your experience with this whole situation, and I've done some COVID things, but in Texas, it's totally different. Right. Um, what has your, what is your take on that then? Well, if they want me there and they've invited me, I mean, mm -hmm. I did, I did something right after COVID hit and this is a um, really a beautiful, wonderful event. It was for a, um, a Halloween pumpkin patch, a huge one up in Southern California. I mean, really big. And yeah. uh, they had a world-class stage. Um, they had, uh, but the people were supposed to sit a certain distance. Of course, you wore the mask and everything. They kept people away from me, so I didn't have to wear a mask when I performed. Sure. Um, sufficiently, really far away in an outdoor show. On the other hand, Landon, so I've done those shows, but I've also done a couple. I went to do one show after COVID, was November after COVID hit. It was a really great audience. A, um, 60th birthday, 70th birthday party show, family show. It really up in the high hills of Jahamul was great. And this little boy, five years old, says, you don't need a mask. This is our house. Don't worry about it. I thinking, great. <laughs> and I tried to wear my mask and I didn't fit in with the mask. And finally, because I was a distance away, I did the show without the mask. But they weren't wearing any masks at all. And I didn't like that. Now, yeah. when I, I did have COVID, which was not fun. And it took six weeks full recuperation. And I've had a couple of, of um, things since then in LA. When did you have COVID? When did that, when did that hit you? And when Maybe the, the day after Christmas. Okay. And I have a lung condition. I have close to asthma. So, I mean, my sister and I talked about this. I would not last a week if I got it with my lungs because it's near yeah. asthma. It's, and it's, this cough can derail me for six or six. Right, this phone, I need to, to um, put this on. Well, let me just turn this off here. Um, I'm going to turn my phone off. Sorry about that, but I don't want it to be no buzzing. I don't want notifications. All right. So um, um, I was lucky and I hit me the day after Christmas and mm -hmm. started as a cough and a terrible headache. And my doctor thought it was my usual near asthmatic condition. I have an inhaler and all these pills I take. And sure. it's a bad cough. And then only on the 6th of Jan January, um, when I had a fill-in doctor, he thought that I had um, bronchitis but also suggested I got a test. And he called me the next day and said, he said, this is Dr. Chan. Dr. Chan, you're the, oh, that, that antibiotic was so good. I feel so much better. Did you see your test results? I said, not yet. He said, I thought so. Joe, you tested positive. And I went, oh my God. And he said, and I said, I got this a day after Christmas. He said, oh really? Well, you're beyond the infection point. You're clear. But I mean, I still have some symptoms. And now I'm left with a little bit of a, um, a minor thing on my taste. I can taste most things, but there's a little bit, it's a little bit off. And I do get fatigue in the afternoon where I have to lie down. So this thing lasted six weeks. So did you have any show, uh, like any virtual shows or anything scheduled during that period that you had to like call off? No, I called everything off. I was supposed to be actually going and doing a virtual show for somebody. 
Go, mm-hmm. Oh no, go to a, to a, a live show. And, um, and I told her that I don't think I should show up and do your show because I'm still coughing. It's, it isn't, it isn't coronavirus. That's before I knew that it was coronavirus. I got to right. tell you something. Since then, I've gotten mm-hmm. inquiries from some people in LA. And today I just turned one down because I have to go up to Glendale to indoor show. Mm-hmm. I don't feel good about that yet. I'm going for my vaccination on Saturday and yeah. I'll feel a little better. And maybe and I'm somebody who will double mask because, you know, I don't want to take any chance of being reinfected and yeah. dodge a bullet this time. So, mm-hmm. but it, it yeah. COVID has affected all kinds of things. Price. So what was, what, what's your experience been with going virtual? Cause I, I know that um, a lot of, a lot of these performers um, mm-hmm. up to this point have not had as even a social media presence. I know I can name, you know, some of the top events that just don't mm-hmm. have one. So, you know, going virtual is like a, forced shift for them as you know i did more in my social media part a lot thanks to you encouraging me uh-huh. and, and your very good excellent advice but um um well um i never had a problem with it um when i when this thing first happened and the shows were all canceled i was talking actually to you and to and to john Peasy, mm-hmm. and um um and i went out and ordered some lights and everything and and ordered a bunch of things at least one thing i don't really need is a big microphone that I got that maybe I'll eventually sell. Maybe I'll use it. But, um, and so I had a phone call from somebody who wanted a virtual inquiry on the internet. Somebody in San Francisco wanted me to do a family show. It mm-hmm. was like the very end or third week of March. Okay. And I decided to do it because you're not going to really, you can't start till you start sitting around and waiting for the phone to ring and say, Oh, I'm not going to look perfect. And Oh, this isn't right. That's not the way I, I would do something. I figured, look, I'm going to do it. I didn't even know what to price it at. So I gave him a price break, but I didn't give the show away. And, um, and I said, I love that though. I, and I have to interrupt you because you see so many performers on these Facebook groups that are, that would like spend their days complaining versus like rerouting no. and then like figuring out how to, how to deal with it. That does me no good. I'll talk more about that later. But, yeah. but what I did was I did that first virtual show and they liked it. And another guy who was going to start like a sort of TikTok thing with families for Asians. It was all Asian. Some of the people in China. I did two shows for him, and he was testing it out. Was going to send me send me money. Never sent any money, but he said he liked it. So I just decided, you know, I'm not going to worry about that because, like, the virtual camp I did, they loved it, and I had a lot of invitations for virtual shows. Um, and I I just adjusted to it. As I said, there's no reason to say that you can't interact with Zoom. Yes, you can interact with Zoom. You can right. see people's names. Mm-hmm. You're not in the same room with them. You can make jokes to them. You can say, "Hey, what, Mister? What do you what do you think of blah blah blah?" I bring out a dog puppet. Even with, with adults, I'll say, "How many of you have a dog?" So I'm interested. What can the dog say? Here? And they tell me, and then I, my dog starts in. And so I'm always interacting with people. That that's such an interesting thing. Do you think that you can connect with audiences in a different way than you could? in a different way? Oh, it is it you you connect? Mm-hmm. The weirdest request I had was a show. Was that that was after was after I got. COVID or right before COVID, before, before COVID, I believe, right before COVID. And this was a, this was, it said corporate show. It wasn't really a corporate show. It was 13 people mm-hmm. and they were based in uh, Atlanta, Georgia. And they said they wanted a real adult show, real adult humor. I mean, not art. And I told people, including you, when I experimented with that, it wasn't true to form and I stopped doing those shows. But I was thinking they only want 15 minutes. What would it be like if I customized a 15-minute show and tried those jokes? Could I pull it off? 
would, would it would actually work or would it bomb? So I held my breath and did it. And I spent a lot of time preparing. I customized it with different names, with the backgrounds. I use jokes that I have not used in like more than 20 years. When so I when you say customize a show, you have your basic, what, like 45 minute to an hour show? This is only a 15 minute show. Oh, but I spent them, 15 minutes. I, so this was yes. from the ground up that you were creating. Yeah, and they were a tight 15 minutes. And I went through everything. I spent hours going through stuff, but also that I had, yeah, my customization form. Does anybody have any catchphrases? Anything about somebody? Blah blah blah. Once I got that, I was able to either make jokes directly to them, or do some really X-rated put-down lines. Because I I have the book of the Friar Roast lines, and it inspired me to write some jokes. I always write better sure. jokes than when I take a joke. Um, and um, they loved it. They absolutely loved it. And uh, that was an experiment. But I know normally, in other words, I'm I wouldn't make a career of doing those shows, but Mm -hmm. I was interested to see what would happen if I did it. So it was sort of testing the world. Yeah, testing something different. Everything I'm doing, the stuff I do on TikTok, mm -hmm. those aren't art. In fact, I got to tell you, the one I did last night where John, make, where I'm wearing um, my college T-shirt, I must have spent two hours on that thing because I didn't like the way it was and I hated it and I hated it. Finally, I thought, you know what? It's good enough. And I see some lip movement, which I normally don't do. Mm -hmm. And a couple of things I didn't like with figure. I said, you know what? A lot of people like it, and I put it up, and I got ready to remove it. But I noticed a lot of people really like it, so it stays up. But again, what did I get out of that? There's one joke I wrote in there that I'm going to use in most of my shows. I really like the joke. And so I'm experimenting. I, I'm, part of the experimentation with, with in this era is if you're doing a show on Zoom, you can record it and go back and see what, what you did. But you also can see how you interact to an audience, um, how they react. Um, you can keep it all muted, but then you might decide you want to keep it on to hear the laughter. <clears throat> um, I've gotten jokes when I did the kids' shows because the kids shouted something out. I thought, God, that's a great line. I've got to put that in all my shows, you know? Sure, sure. Well, that, that's an interesting thing. You talked about TikTok. And what I love about TikTok, too, is that I've been able to test characters. Yes, and I some yep. of my, you know, I have uh, Bill the Zombie that I introduced on TikTok. And I hammered out that character and jokes for it. And then I performed with it. And I got the same feedback from the audience that I did from TikTok. Uh -huh. It was like, it was a, a real uh, staple for me in proving that it was a testing ground. Yeah. Um, what do you, do you set up and say, I'm going to write this many jokes for this TikTok? Or do you do part of your show? Sometimes, sometimes, some of it'll be, I, I get a crazy idea. Like I wanted the Axtel um, Dinky, are they called? Because yeah. It was a, it was a, a, a um, Cheetah, and I had one really corny joke that I wanted to do the cheetah, maybe two that I'll stick in, and mm -hmm. I'm going to do that one tomorrow. And yeah. um, and that hit me. And um, and um, a lot of times I'll take a joke. I had this wonderful, wonderful fir my first version of John Raven that was made by Chuck Jackson, which you've seen. John and Raven is Joe's main hard figure. figure yeah. yeah. And I replaced that. Chuck Jackson later made ones with wiggling ears. They have much more expressive faces. Mm -hmm. And I thought I lost that one for about 20 years, and I discovered it buried in my garage somewhere in a case. But oh. it was in terrible shape. And Chuck had always said, you know, this would make a beautiful girl dummy. I thought, why not? And since Scott and Lisa Land have done amazing work on my figures, I'm just amazing, I sent it to them, and they repainted it. They put a wig on it. Lisa Land took a lot of time dressing it. It, it, all the time, anytime a woman or a girl says, sees, they say, oh, my God, look at your beautiful shoes and your dress. So she really spent a lot of time on that. And I, ne and, and I never 
used it except in walk around a couple of times. So on TikTok, I thought, what if I can come up with a routine and had a couple of quick ideas for jokes. And I did a very tight, because you can't go more than a minute. And I liked that a lot. I liked that. And I later did that routine on virtual shows and it was extremely popular. Now, the wonderful troll you made me, the wonderful troll you made me, I've had a thing, Joel the, tr- Joel the Troll. And I, I've had a couple of jokes about him being on the internet as a troll. I can have three or four of these things. And I had an idea. What if I tried to expand that in 58 seconds? Because I tried to go 58 seconds. What would that be like? So I'm going to try it. If it bombs, I'll never do it again. But maybe I'll come with some jokes that I like to use on my show. You know? Sure. It'll only be 58 minutes. And so I experiment. With, I've done experiments with some things with John Raven. I had mm. that crazy idea of putting a mustache on and that awful jacket with plaid and be my Uncle Schmozy. Mm. And... Um, some people really liked it. I thought it was really lame, but people liked it. So I may do some more with that. Um, the pizza puppet that mm-hmm. I did from Axtell. Yes. Which I love. That's the first time I ever did a routine with that puppet when I did that on X, on, on, on TikTok. And that proved it to be just everywhere, any place that I put it. That was one of, one of my most popular short videos that I did. Mm-hmm. And I put something on my Facebook page saying, you know, I wonder if I should even keep doing these videos because um, here's why I do them. And I got a lot of people saying, no, no, please do it because it makes, it brightens the day. And I had and a lot you, share, of, you share your TikToks to your Facebook and Instagram, right? And my Instagram. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, my Instagram, I haven't done much with, but I'm starting to see I'm getting more followers, the more stuff I put up. Yeah. And, and I'm, but I, I, but if I do a TikTok, it's not just some of them I could do in within a minute or two, but mm-hmm. because I'm really a perfectionist, there's a certain amount that I would ever even put on the internet. Um, yeah. I can spend too much time on it until I get it somewhere close to what I want. Well, you know, Joe, what I think is really neat is, um, you know, we talked about virtual shows being, you know, yeah. having this. Um, it's an opportunity. Moment, you and your audience and performing and being able to, mm-hmm. like you talked about, you know, who has yeah. a dog. And, you know, it's almost like you get um, some of that with TikTok, you know, yes. and seeing, you know, them sit, you know, when once you get back to doing shows saying, yeah, I'm on TikTok and I'm on Instagram. They're like, oh, really? And then they go follow you and, yeah. you know, I'm sure it could generate more leads, but also it's, you know, it's growing your, growing your fan base and allowing them to stay in touch with you. And I just well, think that's so cool. I'm really, I'm enjoying all the stuff I'm doing on social media. And of course, yeah. I started my YouTube channel. And that was one that um, I did stuff that weren't in my, as you know, weren't in my show. Mm-hmm. My favorite one is the one about the Cars for Kids song, which is, yeah. and you, you did the editing, which was mm-hmm. absolutely masterful. We, we, I don't know, we've got a mind meld here. Got we you. do. We have a fun. We have a fun time. You film a bunch of a bunch you of crazy to, stuff, and then to, I. You need to pray in church that you're not melded with my mind. <laughs> my meld. It was exactly, and that's my favorite one of the ones that I did. And now yeah. I want. Here's an example of TikTok. I did something using the um, Chuck Jackson figure. Actually, it needs to be repaired a little more because the mouth clicks. The um, army guy, mm-hmm. and um, I did some a couple of days ago, and I almost removed that video. I hated it, but. Um, and I, when I saw the routine up there, I thought, is that really one I want to expand into a YouTube or not? And I'm sort of holding on that one. I didn't think I really wanted to expand that one when I looked at it. It played better up here than in, it played better in concept than in execution, I thought. So what, what is your difference for TikTok and YouTube videos? Well, I can only go 58 seconds or not 60 seconds on, on TikTok. Right. And I like the idea that I don't have, like, when I did my night before Christmas routine, mm-hmm. which somebody videoed, um, and that went on my YouTube page. Again, I looked at that and said, I don't like the way I did it at all because I stuck. 
my glasses were broke. I couldn't read the cue cards because I revised it so much. It's a routine I copyrighted in, two th in 1992. And uh, I revised it. And I didn't like the way I did it at all. And maybe in a couple of years, I'm going to go back and redo it. Um, but um, so I can go three minutes, whatever I wanted to do. Because who says it has to be a minute? It could be two minutes for a short yeah. for a video. So I like, I'm thinking of other things with that. What are your thoughts on, you know, uh, post-COVID and everything, you know, everything kind of getting before back get to into, Before you get into that, we ought to talk about what COVID has done to this industry on pricing. Yeah, it is, yeah. It is oh, ludicrous. Because yeah. you've, you've got a lot of different, I mean, I, I know maybe two ventriloquists in Texas and that's it. Um that might be in conflicting markets, but I mean, no, no, it's they're, on virtual, they're virtual shows. All right. Um, oh yeah. And I've had people, first of all, it is over all the, over the place. This group I work with in San Diego, that books me in the libraries that thought they'd go under, but they're not going to go under. Um, I was talking with, with the guy who runs it. And he said, because somebody leased, like they wanted a pre-recorded show of mine, an anti-drug show. And they didn't have one. So we went and recorded it. Mm -hmm. In that instance, he could pay for it through the group and I pay him back as it's aired. Sure. And, um, and so that one ran for a week in San Diego and they liked it. And, um, he, I think he charged like 350 for that thing to run for a week, licensed it for 350. But he said, Joe, he said, the people who didn't want it don't want to use the show because there's people saying to license them for a show for a week for 75 or a hundred dollars. It's ludicrous. Yeah. Now, now I have somebody else asking for my my pro reading show. That one they're not going to underwrite, so I'm going to have to take money out of a special bank account to pay for that one. But I'm going to do it. But you know, I could do that, and within twelve months, nobody wants recorded shows. So you could lose yeah. money with this. But but here's what's happening. I got somebody call me, one or email me because somebody she wanted a, a, a virtual show, and I went through all the stuff with her on the virtual show. Mm. And then she called me on the phone. She says, "Well." I'll have you know, somebody else said they'd do it for a dollar less. Are you serious? And I'm sorry, I have a very short fuse, but I've been in therapy for years, so I, I'm very good at dealing. I said, well, you know, I said, I'm sorry I can't help you um, because my prices are already way below my normal prices because these are virtual shows. Mm -hmm. And um, But I'm finding, for, for me at least, when I'm giving my regular price, they're not taking regular prices on the virtual shows. They need something a little less. Um, but I've had things where a school wanted to use me. They're all excited about doing it. She said, I'm sorry, we've got somebody local who can do it a lot lower than you. I've had a lot of that happen. So there's people that are really underbidding. And mo most of the time, just for our audience, most of the time, the quality of the show or the performer is not taken into account. It's more, no, they, you know, no, they're, they're, they're price shopping. They're price shopping. Yeah. 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 They don't care. I must say, I once had somebody call me for a birthday party show. So this was a, that's the rudest I ever got. Somebody mm -hmm. called me for a birthday party. He said, how much is your birthday party show? And I told him, he said, really? He said, well, I should quit my job and, and work for money for doing something like that. Are you kidding? Something as ridiculous as that? I said, well, it's, well thank you very much. Have a nice day. Click. <laughs> have you experienced um, people that are uh, maybe outside of your area that have become competition because of the virtual show aspect? Yes, I'm sure. Yeah. I've seen there was a virtual show that I was up for that somebody else got for a corporate. You know, it's like some people want meat, some people want fish. They could see my my website and demos and not like it. Whereas this, just this week, this woman in San Diego, San Francisco, is going to have a, it's more like a school show, a birthday party on 
next uh, the 13th. And she's going to have close to 45 kids from the class of, of uh, the private school there. Um, she went to my website and loved the website. She loved the characters. She looked at, at everything online about me. And she really she's really excited about the show. Um, but somebody else can go to say, I don't like the website. I don't like this. You know, it's, people have different tastes. And that's sure. not just showbiz, but business. Yeah. But I've never... I've never lowered my price to get a show away from somebody else. And I've never badmouthed somebody because of somebody else to get a show away from somebody else. Yeah. Well, you know, it, it's a, uh, it, it's, it's a difficult thing. I haven't experienced that here, but I, I haven't been, uh, been doing it as long as, as long as you have. And there's a lot more competition in your area, even just with ventriloquist. Oh, San Diego. Yes. Um, not even, not even mentioning like entertain, how many right. entertainers right. there are. Uh, that do your same that you do your same market um so like in, in terms of thinking in the future do you think that you know things will get back do you think there's a level of um covid worry or precaution that will always be there when hiring entertainers or do you well, think people get back to this i, I mean, think were there, were there I, opportunities that you had that were like a yearly shows that you would do that you no longer can do looking forward or like what's changed for you no i think um Especially now, I look off where they're. Pre- I'm going to get my vaccine on Saturday. I've been trying for months to get a vaccine. Yeah. And so I'm going to get. I can't wait to get my vaccine. Um, fortunately, they give this one in the arm and not the. But anyway, uh, so I'm going to. Um, uh, I think that it's going to start coming back, and I think it's going to be like inching back as far as sure. shows, festivals, mm-hmm. fairs will start to come back. I had one woman who booked me for a uh, that the Yacht Club show, and she she prepaid everything, and she said, Joe. We have to, and she was going to try doing it again with a smaller audience, and she had to cancel due to COVID. She said, Joe, don't refund any money. When we get back up, as soon as we're back on, come and do the show. So in my other client that I used for so many years, she was pretty upset that they couldn't do their normal office party. So there's people rearing up and ready to go if they can do it. So I think it's going to probably, I'm suspecting that by the summer, some of it's going to start inching back. It may mm-hmm. not come totally back. And then I think that even when shows come back, they're going to people who, who are going to want to keep doing virtual shows. They like the idea of doing something at home rather than having a doing doing a big party. So I think that some of that's going to remain. I think it's going to be a lot, much longer time before a lot of fairs come back. Although in Texas they were still doing fairs, <clears throat> some other states festivals may still have something of a hard time. But they're going to come back. I'm, I'm convinced. Do you, do you think people will still do virtual shows even when normal shows get back? Yes. Some yeah. people will like the idea of doing a show in their home. Mm-hmm. It's something always, there's always something that remains. And this is something some people may like. The idea of having a show, they want to do a party. Maybe they, can, maybe they can't do it for some reason. Why not do a virtual show? Mm-hmm. And do you think it's too late to begin doing virtual shows if you've been holding off and you're, you know, you feel worried about it or I don't think I can do it or this or that or it takes too much time? What's, what's your take on it to someone that might be? You know, you know I'm saying this guy does libraries. He kept saying to me, well, Joe, you shouldn't do a virtual show now for a library. You're not set up. You'll need this. You need to pre-record. <laughs> so I said, look, I said, I just did a virtual show. Mm-hmm. You know, if I don't have something pre-recorded, I'll put my backdrop on. It'll be like my normal live show where I'm inundated with puppets, pulling puppets out right and left. But yeah. I can use my backdrop. You can't, you can't start until you start. Right. Sitting around contemplating your navel or whatever forever. Oh, there are no shows and I can't do this. And oh, when's when's the phone going to ring again? What am I going to do? I can't wait to go back to normal shows and not trying to do something about it is lunacy. 
first of all, as somebody who's in therapy, it helps keep you going if you if you have a, if something you're trying to do with your time. But also, you're getting your name out there. You're getting you're you're looking for you're letting people know you're available. Maybe they don't use this this time. They may use you next next time. Yeah, and I'm sure that then seeing how you're being resourceful and staying finding ways to still get gigs and staying current and everything with uh, with your shows, you know, That's also right. kind of gives gives uh, you know. They're like, oh, that's uh, that's pretty cool that he's still he's still doing shows. Well, you know, so and so was you know totally out of game now. They had a Jewish group that that she she emailed me said, Joe, she was going to do a live one actually. This was in December. Mm-hmm. She says, Joe, are you still doing your ventriloquism? I said, I most certainly am. That made me think, gee, she didn't get my card all of these years. Like, <laughs> I, I'm notorious for sending out these postcards, uh-huh. and um, and um, and so she booked my show for one of these these. Uh, very religious groups, the Chabad's, and I love the Chabad groups. And she was going to do it outside, of, because there's the the um, Christmas tree lighting. So the the really orthodox Chabad's, Chabad's, they started menorah lightings, and they get people there, and it's a really wonderful ceremony, family ceremony. So she was all set to have me. She's going to socially distance carefully with masks for the audience. So she finally called me up right before and said, "Joe, I hate to do this to you." I said, "Let me guess, you're canceling." She said, "Yes." So don't please forgive me. I said, "No, no, no." I, I think you made a good decision. Said, I can't in good conscience have those people out there. If even one person gets sick, it just bothers me. And I said, we actually made a very good decision. Mm-hmm. And so she's somebody who just figures she couldn't do it. Right. So, um, but I think that a lot of people really want to get back to live entertainment. Realize there's event planners, not just event planners, mm-hmm. people who did corporate event planners, supply. There's so many industries that were bent that were depending on these live events. And they can't wait to get back open. And a lot of cities that did festivals, they got money from the festivals, made tax money and people coming in. So I think that's I think you're completely right. Sitting around, sitting around and complaining on your butt. All you're going to do is get a sore butt and you're going to be somebody who needs to get in therapy like I'm in. If you do that all day, it doesn't doesn't work. Well, I want to tell our audience to remember to share this video mm-hmm. and um and to also uh, thank Joe for being on here with Landon Live and for keeping us updated on what it's like in uh, in San Diego, California, with uh, with COVID and shows and all of that. Joe, where can people find you to follow you on social media? I have a lot of things. Well, first of all, on um, uh, my regular website is www.familyentertainer.com. There's a bunch okay. of things I change on that right now. I'm gonna do on Instagram. It's comic vent Joe comic vent Joe. On uh, in, and um, on TikTok, it's at Joe Gandelman. Okay, fantastic, awesome. So go follow Joe Gandelman, see what he's up to, and the days to come. And Joe, thank you so much for being on here. Thank you. It was a pleasure. All right, take care, guys.